Khalif Raymond from the 30. Flag is down. And Raymond has run out of bounds. Another flag comes in at the 32. There are six flags on the field. Monday, March 27th, we're back. It's National Country Music Quirky Song Title Day. I thought that worked with, you know, the, the movie we're talking about later. That's the only reason it would ever be mentioned. Um, Owen's here. Let's start with him first. How you doing? I'm doing great. I spent all my, basically my entire day just watching basketball. Is I feel like I'd kind of been in and out of the games so far in the tournament, just with other stuff going on. But today I just kind of just sat down and watched like six hours of basketball. It was, just, it, was uh, it was amazing. I loved it. And you have the top of a basketball on your shirt from what I can see. Yeah, it's actually, yeah, the whole, there's a whole basketball. Oh, it's just the camera. <laughs> oh, I see how that works. Yeah. It can cut it off. Alex is also yeah. with us. What's up? Uh, Hey guys. Yeah. Uh, good. <laughs> um, I didn't watch any basketball really today. I uh, caught a little bit at the end of the Miami Texas game. Um. But yeah, that's the weird thing with March Madness is like I don't I don't really know one person that like just watches like almost every single game for the for the two weeks. It's kind of tough. So yeah, you kind of have to. Ethan, Ethan might be that guy. Yeah, just wanted to throw that in. Yeah, you might actually know. Yeah, someone. he might. He might. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, last but not least, we're joined by my dad for the start of this show. <laughs> Um, he heard his name mentioned on the last episode, we were talking about Roger Goodell and he wanted to give some legal expertise. So he poked his head in here five minutes ago and said, I can come on at the start. So you've been listening to all, you've heard every episode. Um, I would say probably 95% of the episodes. Yeah. I'm, I've been, uh, listening like a proud papa, uh, since, uh, what, two years ago or whenever. You yeah. Started, almost two years. Yeah, yeah that's right. So thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, I got to know these guys, and um, we've we've uh, bought them the odd uh, uh, souvenir coming back from sports trips, Phil. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Owen's a proud owner of an Aaron Donald shirt. Alex is a proud owner of a Cooper Cup shirt. Anyway, this is those were thank yous for for uh, all the listening pleasure, and so I thought I'd come on because I was it was a uh, middle of the last episode, and you fellows were talking about Roger Goodell, and um, I think you were, were wondering. What is exactly you wanted to know? I, I think because it sounded to me like it's what you call corporate governance. When you guys started to talk, I recognized the topic, corporate governance. Mm -hmm. And you were fumbling around a bit, it seemed to me. Yeah, I would say that's fair to say. I don't yeah. know what questions. I think it was Alex and Owen who had the majority of the questions. So, Owen, you want to go first? Well, I think the main question I had was... Like with the NFL, it's kind of an odd structure because it's like the owners seem like they're the ones that kind of they elect Roger Goodell. And so they kind of like serve to me as like a board of governors, like if you're thinking right. about like a traditional corporation and then like Roger Goodell would like be the CEO that they elect. I don't know yeah. what his yeah. title is. That kind of correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I think okay. I, I, I listened to that and I thought, you know, I think I think he's basically got it. And uh and uh, I think the uh, I don't want to be too boring is the problem, but but to understand a, a company, you have to understand that there are uh, uh, and almost all companies, public or private, uh, there are shareholders and directors and executives. So you got to think of those three separate concepts, and and so um, and so you've got it in that in that you say the NFL, it's a little bit like that. There's the owners, they're like the directors, and there's the executive, that's like Goodell. 
the only the only the biggest difference I see is that the NFL is not a uh, corporation; right. it doesn't have shareholders because the owners right. are the shareholders, and so yeah. the corporation usually has an obligation. Uh, the directors have an obligation to make decisions in the best interest of the shareholders, the owners. In this case, the owners are the shareholders. But but mm-hmm. um, but Goodell, uh, when he calls himself a commissioner. Um, uh, I was, I was just sort of interested in that word. I just, I just sort of looked a little bit of the history of the thing and a a commissioner is the chief executive officer. That's true. The commissioner is also the president and all those words basically mean the same thing. And I was interested to note when you, when you proposed having me on the show that, that, uh, the NFL had a president until 1941 and then they changed the name of the president to commissioner and there's been eight or nine of them. And, um, and uh, Goodell is the last one elected in 2006. Um, but uh, he could be called a president or he could be called a chief executive officer or he could be called a commissioner and they do the same thing. It's the same word for what he does. And he re- and as you say, he reports the owners. So you had also asked about about how he makes so much money. How, I mean, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. And $64 million it, and, it, and, and, and probably outrageous. more. And it happens with many uh, large public corporations because they're because the uh, corporations uh, determine that their chief executive officers and the and in, in fact most of the top executive uh, get uh, uh, bonuses and pay depending upon the performance of the company. So the best way to incentivize the executive to do the very best for the shareholders is to uh, uh, share in the uh, profits of good decisions with the executive, and that's kind of the concept that's been applied by corporations for for decades now. And that has resulted in uh, grossly inflated uh, compensation for for uh, executives in some circumstances. I mean, just this week in the Global Mail, the the um, uh, report came out about the uh, Rogers Communications uh, chief executive officer. He's going to make thirty two million dollars next year, and it's all wow. it's on the basis of uh, corporate performance. And and uh, why does Goodell make sixty four million? Because because the NFL has grown so significantly uh, uh, financially that Goodell was able to say, I just read it this weekend, that he's able to say he thinks he can make this business by 2030 a $25 billion annual revenue business. And uh, that's where it looks like it's heading. So $64 million is, um, some would say, fair compensation. But uh, many of us would think it's too much. And one of the guys who thinks it's too much is Jerry Jones, because... Just like just like directors have committee, director all director all boards of directors have committees to do various things, and the NFL has a uh, the thirty two owners have a board of directors to deal with executive compensation. There's six of them, and and uh, they're the people that make the decisions that that set the scale on which uh, Goodell is able to claim sixty four million dollars, mm-hmm. and um, and the fellow that is not on the committee that wishes he was and is fighting the decisions of the committee and is criticizing the decisions of the committee uh, uh, for that result is, uh, is uh, Jerry Jones, who doesn't get along with Goodell, I guess. And so there's a lot of infighting. But he would be probably that. the most powerful owner going. But if he foregoes to be a part of that committee, then... Yeah, why he's not on that committee, I don't know, because he could, pro- being a powerful owner, he could probably put himself on that committee. I think he probably left is because I remember maybe five or six years ago he tried to go be commissioner like that was one one thing he wanted to do, oh, oh. but I, that, that's probably I why that. he's not there. Yeah, I didn't know that. But I think the uh, I think you you also made the point at the last episode about um, 
about uh, some owners, not owners being, not all owners being equal. Some owners are more equal than others, like uh, George Orwell said in Animal Farm. And and uh, uh, the big city owners, Mayor, George, uh, the the uh, Mara family, probably Woody Johnson, the, Rudy the Hallis family, family yeah. the Cronkey family, um, uh, at one time the uh, Volan family, and now the Walton family. Those would be the, I think those would be amongst the biggest owners, and they're the ones that seem to make the most important decisions, particularly the Maras, I think. Um, the, that's, the I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So they would have the most say. And I would also say that in comparison, if you just put it up against Rogers communications, Rogers is subject to a lot less flack publicly than the NFL is from the average citizen. I would say more people would complain directly about the NFL and their leadership than the Rogers leadership. I don't know if that's uh, the case, but at least it seems that way to me. Like, right. I, I'm not sure of the Rogers Communications guy's name, but I know, you know, the NFL executive committee. Yeah, well, um, uh, Roger does take a lot of flack that the owners would otherwise take. I don't know how he's escaping the uh, CTE scandal mm-hmm. and why the NFL continues to uh, do as well as it does with those issues. And I don't know if someday it'll all come down because of a player's health, but for the moment, we sort of close our eyes to all that and enjoy the entertainment. Yeah, Alex, do you have a question you want to ask? No, that was uh, that was all very clear, and uh, yeah, it makes makes a lot of sense. Just yeah, more some owners are more more powerful, you'd say, you know, um, than than the rest. And then, I mean, the compensation, it, it I would say it's it's somewhat justified, right? Like he's kind of leading uh, one of the most successful businesses in, in the world. Right. So, um, and then with all that money that they're, you know, making and sharing amongst each other, I mean, it's only fair that, you know, uh, he's getting a, a fair amount yeah. too. So, well, six, um, it's, it's kind of interesting. $64 million. I just thought of it works out to $2 million a team, 32 teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. each team is paying $32 million for or $2 million a year for yeah. good management for, for uh, scandals that don't touch them. Exactly. For, uh, yeah. for uh, long, for what his real obligation is, which is making decisions in the long term best interests of this, of this uh, enormous business. And, and two million dollars uh, for these donors. I mean, that's that's pocket change, right? Like, yeah, you know, uh, in their budget. Yeah, for their and, budget. And, so. and to have a poor commissioner who made who would make poor decisions uh, that could cost them a lot more than two million dollars. That's the yeah. way they might look at it. Anyway, I don't. I like. I really enjoy listening to you guys, and uh, I don't want to overstay my welcome. Um, but I was kind oh, of flattered that you'd think that, that uh, I could uh, contribute something that would be of some interest. And as I say, I hope that wasn't too dull and boring or anything like that. No, no, no. that was great. Yeah. Not at that all. That was great. We, we kind of needed that, you know, like yeah. we're always kind of questioning like what, what does yeah, <laughs> well, you know, like really do? Yeah, I think you said, um, yeah. and we've kind of evaded that. Uh, I guess <laughs> we've evaded we've talking about NFL. We're like these NFL experts. We don't know what the commissioner does. So, <laughs> Um, yeah, thanks for clearing that up. Yeah, no, no, okay. Well, I don't know yeah. much about it either, but uh, but I but uh, for the work I do, I was able to at least answer some fundamental questions. Anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know how much further Good stuff. I could go. Yeah, yeah that was great. Thanks, Bye. Dad. Bye. Thanks, Dave. That was excellent. Yeah, learn some. That was stuff. really good. Yeah. Learn some stuff. I think we needed. That was zero boring. I, that was like I was very very interested actually in that. Yeah. So. Good, good. I'm, I'm sure he'll be happy to hear that too. Anyway, Final Four is what's really going on. I mean, the, we could do the other football thing, which I don't really know how we do without Adam because he's the guy who usually pulls up Bobby Wagner's Madden rating. But he's like, <laughs> I already pulled it up oh, last oh, good, night. Good, I, good, I had good. a debate with a friend. Let's take a look at it. that. Let's go under I, the hood. 
I think he's an 89 mm. down from like a 90. I think he was a, a, a mid nineties last year and he's down to an 89. Wow. So the so first time updates. in his career, or at least since his early career that he's been below 90. So that's notable. Mm. That makes sense why he's yeah. changing teams for the third year in a row. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that ends the football for this week. Not much going on. <laughs> really, that was all we had to get to. So that was good that we got Roger Goodell talk off up the hop. Oh, and you mentioned you've been on the final four and it's now set. Uh, a pretty crazy weekend that sees some crazy knockouts and games. And I guess which topic do you want to hit first? You're the guy who's seen the most. Mm, well, I want to, I would just like, I think the story of the tournament is like just how abnormal it's been. Like this is the only tournament in the history of, you know, the 64 team field that there hasn't been a single one seed in the, in the uh, elite eight. Um, there's three first time final four teams in the final four. So everybody <laughs> except for UConn has never been in the final four before. And the highest seed is a four seed. It's the four, two fives, and then a nine. So uh, I would have to check the stats on on when the last time that happened was. But I, I mean, I've never really seen a tournament like this. I guess you could kind of say going in. I think we did kind of say going in that this was like a pretty wide open field and and it was a really tough one to judge. But like it's even broken a little bit crazier than like we might have thought. Like we saw like a sixteen seed win. We saw. A 15 seed win two games. We saw a number nine seed go on a run. We saw all the one seeds obviously lose before the Elite Eight. Like, it's absolutely crazy. And then, like, talking about individual games, I mean, Miami, I think that, I mean, recency bias because their game just finished, but like that team is, it's like shocking to me. You know, they, they were, they, I don't think they beat a single top 25 opponent all year. They were pretty questionable on defense, at least. They were like by far the lowest rated team on Ken Palm outside of Princeton in the Sweet 16. And they're just like a buzzsaw, it seems like. I mean, I guess this game was close, but like they dismantled Houston. They've had really no trouble with any of the other opponents. It's like such a bizarre team to me. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the game today, I mean, they, they the comeback was it was unbelievable. Like they I thought they were that Houston, sorry, that Texas kind of had them dead 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 to rights there. And they ended up coming back. And then at the end, it wasn't even particularly close. Like, I think they ended up winning by seven points or so. So, And I'd say that the craziest part of it all is, I mean, to me, just watching the games, I don't obviously watch a lot of regular season, but it's UConn and Miami, to me, would appear to be easily the best teams. But, I mean, one of them... <laughs> that like, means nothing. It yeah. means literally nothing, <laughs> the way this is going. FAU yeah. could has just as good of a chance as they do. It, it, it's... I don't know that I... It definitely makes it more random. I don't know about more uh, interesting to the people because I feel like, you know, Final Four is something you pick to go to months in advance. I always try to think, like, if I had booked my tickets to Houston, would I be thrilled that, you know, I get to watch FAU, San Diego State, and Miami? I don't know that I would, but it definitely makes it more interesting for me just sitting at home. You know what I don't understand? Is the sickos that bet on these games. Oh. I don't understand how much of a degenerate you have to be. Alex, to you want to speak up? March Madness. <laughs> Am I talking to one? No, no, I, I haven't bet. No, I'm, I'm, no, I haven't bet anything since like the first two rounds. So, yeah, I just get exactly like it doesn't. I don't know. Like it's just blindly betting at this point. Like I don't know anything about <laughs> FAU. I don't know anything about Miami. And like now I'm some expert as to who's going to cover the spread or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I, I just couldn't. <laughs> 
get myself to do that. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of funny. It is funny. I, I Isaiah Wong is unbelievable. That guy is is lights yeah. out. I don't understand like and I look at their team after and I know like four guys averaged over ten a game. But like you said, do not beat a single top twenty five opponent and play that well. I don't understand how that like there has to be some signs of that early season. It just shows how random college basketball actually is. And I guess that's like, I saw De'Aaron Fox said something pretty similar to that, where he's like, it's it's unpredictable. It's bad coaching. The shot making's low. And that was on display this morning in the San Diego State Creighton rock fight. But to me, that doesn't make it less interesting to me. It's definitely interesting. I just feel like I, I almost get like tired out sometimes like by the first like you know first two rounds are obviously like the most exciting i think we kind of talked about that just because like you're so amped up for march madness and then uh i don't know i just kind of like got gassed out by the elite eight maybe if i had more time maybe i'd i'd uh you know be tuning in more but like it does it's fun to watch but like the, yeah it, the, the quality does sometimes you know suck like the, like just jacking up shots and not scoring for six seven minutes straight um the offensive sets just horrible um sometimes but i'm not taking anything away it's obviously an unbelievable tournament i i agree like i think it it is sometimes tough to watch like you'll see it's like pretty common to see a team shoot like you know eight percent from three or like six percent from three (laughs) (laughs) and so it's not like super appealing to watch sometimes because it'll be a lot of it's a lot of yeah just bad basketball and bad sets and stuff but I think it's kind of part of the appeal. Like, I think if you know that going in, uh, you just kind of take it for what it is. And if you're not, you're not expecting, you know, like the prime triangle offense to be played or <laughs> 2014 you know, Spurs. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's kind of got some charm. I think that sometimes like that weakness is kind of its strength. Like we've talked about before where it's like at the end of the game, I mean, if you put these guys on the line, especially with the one in one rule, the single bonus, like the game can just like every, I know it lengthens it out too, but like you could see a team miss a few free throws and then the, the other team could come down and score. And then it could just like, that's how you get finishes like the Gonzaga UCLA. So it is exciting. Um, and it is fun to watch during the tournament, but I, uh, Personally, I, I would not probably watch a lot of regular season college basketball. Like it is, yeah. There's no there are times where it is frustrating. Or watch. any, I wouldn't watch any. I would. <laughs> I don't watch it. <laughs> yeah, it takes a pretty special player to have me tune in, and there's none of those this time around. Um, like You're you not said, in to watch Zach Eady? No, no, I'm gonna I'm skip those. <laughs> the national player of the year. He's pretty. Yeah, sick, dude, come dude. on. Yeah, I should be tuning in all the time. Um, I like you said the charm part of it. I think what I like the most about this and it, why it's such a memorable tournament is these games are nationally televised and they have like you know Jim Nance on the call, like big names, and yet the players like in the Creighton game this morning, Owen and I could not stop texting about that guy Cochran or whatever his name is who plays <laughs> exactly like Owen's brother. It's just the exact same mannerisms, like the way he runs with his head down when he's tired because he just he's like don't pass me the ball or nothing. 
nothing. Like I'm focused on not passing out. Like, like I just need to get from end to end right now. And that definitely builds to the charm because you see like, you know, you'd never see that thing in the NBA. Those are like the top 1% of 1%. But here you could have a guy who, you know, just right place, right time ends up, (laughs) ends up at a school that keeps winning and he's getting massive minutes in nationally televised CBS basketball games. That, that is the charming part for me. Yeah, I don't think I've, I've, there's maybe two players in the entire NBA that I could look at and convince myself that I, I could have been that if I had practiced <laughs> a little bit harder. Like there's maybe like three or four guys, but in college, I feel like anybody that's like, you know, a decent shooter or like a big white guy could be like, you know what, I, if, you know, if I was like a couple inches taller or like my dad pushed me a little bit harder in the, in the <laughs> practice gym, like that could have been me. Or like I played with a guy that is probably just as good as that guy you know so (laughs) so that is kind of I do like that component of it and I guess different forms of basketball too is like that guy Noel on um, Kansas State is an unbelievable basketball player by just objectively speaking he's amazing he has an unbelievable vision and feel for the game and great shot maker too but the thing is with him I looked it up after the game because I was like oh like you know Jalen Brunson like these second round kind of savvy point guards He's supposed to go undrafted, which like to me that yeah. I, that I don't know if that makes a lot of sense from an NBA perspective because he is a pretty elite player. I get it; he's five eight, but I don't know. Like having the chance for a guy like that to actually show something, I'm sure means way more to him because he knows his future is probably a little bit bleaker. Whether that's the case or not, it just seems to be headed that way. Yeah, I mean some some of those guys though can always sneak into the second round, like. That's why like the second round is kind of fun to watch um, draft wise because you're just like March Madness is still kind of fresh and you're just kind of remembering some of the better names. And then I think they kind of end up sneaking in sometimes, not always, but in the in the later rounds. Um, So, yeah, definitely something to watch out for. But that's always the thing with March Madness. You're like, oh, my God, like lottery pick. And and it's like undrafted G League (laughs) overseas in two years. Um, Like Marcus Page. I remember Marcus Page. I'm like, okay, like franchise point guard. Carson Edwards. Um, Yeah, he's going to be so good. And then he ended up playing in Serbia for like three years. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't even think, I don't know if he got drafted actually or not. Um, uh, What was that other guy's name? I think Thornwell on, he played for South Carolina. Sindarius Thornwell. Yeah. Sindarius Thornwell. I thought he was so nasty. Played for the Clippers for like two, three years and then left so um, that's kind of the thing i just want to also quickly just like brandon miller like what are we thinking here boys i know he's still talented and everything i don't think his stock should plummet too much but he had a pretty poor march madness i kind of feel like oh it was i thought he was pretty good well he had the lowest field goal percentage of all time in a march madness for over 80 attempts i think i just think like if you want to be a third overall pick i I need you playing better, man. I need you to like, that's like, if you're going to be a NBA lottery pick, I need you taking over a game. Yeah. Like I need you to take the game over. Give me the ball. Like I'm winning this game. And I don't, I feel like he kind of didn't do that all tournament. Yeah. Well, he was eight for 41, uh, which is 19%. And I, I remember at least one of the games, I know he had a massive block where it was just like, okay, like there's like one flash I've seen, but offensively he just look, couldn't get anything to fall the whole circus of him being there. And I don't know. I feel like he was able to handle it. I know he scored 40, 41 points in the first game back after that, but I feel like on the tournament with such a magnified situation, I don't know how much that played in, but I agree with you. Like you got to show me at least something through the controversies or not, which 
I mean, if he falls, I guess it could be a pretty good steal for teams talent-wise because I do feel like it'll probably affect his draft stock. I don't know. I think it's a three-game sample size. The first game, it's hard to evaluate because he was against like a high school team, basically. And then the second game, I thought he actually played. I watched a good chunk of that game. I did fall asleep, hand up. But uh, in the part that I was awake for, he looked uh, pretty impactful. Like you said, on defense, he he's got really good length. And I think he is a pretty good shot maker. I just think it's hard to evaluate him or to judge him harshly after like just a three game span. Mm -hmm. And I also want to say before we change the topic, just the most Gonzaga thing of all time to come back (laughs) in that crazy game against UCLA and then just get gassed the next game, like not even close, never even a prayer of making it. And I did love drew Timmy giving Mark few the hug at the end, like these just two of the biggest career college basketball losers, just hugging it out on the floor in the elite eight. There's nothing better. Are you open? He comes back oh, for not. the COVID year. Yeah, he's got to. I I need. I'm the only person on earth who wants more Drew Timmy at Gonzaga. <laughs> Do you guys see that funny photo that was still going around? They're like, Mark Few has still not made a Final Four. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels like he's never made a Final Four. Yeah, hasn't he been? Wasn't that Karnowski yeah. year? He, he was in the championship oh, game or and, something. Yeah, yeah. He's, and, he's and Jalen Suggs. Yeah. He's been in oh, one. Right. It's just, I don't know. It always feels like his <laughs> failures just outweigh his successes. Well, my yeah. my dad and I pick March Madness pools, and every year he takes Gonzaga. And I was like, when are you going to learn? Like, they just, they will never, ever win. Like, it doesn't matter what the situation is. You're just burning money. Then they beat UCLA, and I'm like, wow, the seas kind of parted. Like, good thing we have that bet because maybe this is the year. <laughs> and then immediately the next game, just never a prayer. Tough scene. So sucks to be the Zags, but it is what it is. Um, I guess, I mean, that gets us set for the Final Four next week. Not really the... Juiciest. Uh, no, not the juiciest. Uh, also not... Like you said, I like the start more than I like the end. That's just my opinion. I, I, I do Me like too. the end, but the start... There's something so there's, good about the pile of games. Yeah. The, the March, like that Thursday. At oh. any point you tune on in the TV, on, turn on the TV, there's a game going on. You're learning about all these new schools, trying to like scout these like players. It's awesome. I love educational Alex. You're learning about all these new schools, where they are. Like I know about Furman now. I'm so happy to know about Furman and I'll have that for the rest of my life. Um, You said three, the the three schools, the first time in their final four. So FAU, Miami and San Diego state. And I think every time UConn's made the final four, they've won, right? They've only been, Twice? Well, there's the Napier no, year. I think they won three times. They had Kemba. They had Napier, like you said. And I think Jim Did Calhoun they go to a championship another. with Kemba? Yeah, they oh, won. Yep, they did. They did, yeah. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Napier was on that team too, fun fact. Wow, really? And then yeah. LeBron said he needed him. And then he, he drafted him, and then he went to the Cavs. People forget. Can't do you forget remember that. Do you remember um, Kevin right. Ollie? Oh, yeah. I thought he was, like, the next Brad Stevens. Like next. Yes. Yes. Brian Boatwright, for me, was like, oh. I was like, whoa. Because This guy's going to be James Harden. I, you literally, I was like, holy crap. I don't know how this guy does go lottery. Yeah. I never played an NBA game in his life, I think. I remember that era of college basketball. Do you remember Peyton Silva? I was like, that guy whoa. is going to be. Was it yeah. Siva? Peyton Siva? Siva, yeah, yeah Peyton Siva, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, then there Harrison was uh, Luke. 
oh. there's Luke. Uh, what's his Hancock? Name? Luke May. Yes, Hancock. Hancock. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. That Louisville team that won. And that's the other thing about college basketball is you're like, because you're like, wow, this guy, Noel, like, he's got to be going top 10. He is that good. And then, the, like, the scrub on the court, you look him up, they're like, no, no, that guy's like, he's going top five. Like, he's unbelievable. <laughs> like, that Louisville team had Gorgie Jang, and Gorgie Jang went like... Oh. Her- Montres Harrell. Oh, that's right. Wow, he yep. was a banger. Good times, dude. Those that was are- a good Louisville squad. Wow. And you know what's... Cool I remember is... thinking Gorgie Dang was going to be Tim Duncan. <laughs> like, Tim Duncan was an even better shot. I'm like, oh, God. Both both Kevin Ollie and Rick Pitino, I think, were removed from their jobs because of recruit or might not have been. Re- I think it was recruiting violations, both of them, too. Wow. So bring them That's back. That's like a fun little. Yeah, free them. Well, I mean, Pitino's been freed. But yeah. Kevin Ollie, wherever he's at. And we don't know the severity of what they did, so maybe <laughs> yeah. don't. So maybe don't them. free them. Yeah, maybe maybe punish them more harshly. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, do your own research and determine what you think is the punishment, and yeah. may, then then we shall know for sure. Um, I did want to talk before we do the movie. Kind of interesting, big picture NBA stuff going on that I just wanted to bring up and it's kind of you could take it any way you want but I want to start with what the Mavericks have got going on here because they've dropped out of the play-in and they're three and eight when Kyrie and Lucas start and they just got swept back to back by Charlotte on the Dennis Smith revenge tour weekend where he absolutely bullied the Mavs with the Hornets um Mavericks, I don't know that they can turn this around and make the play in. The West is pretty crowded, and it seems like they have no chemistry. You saw what Lucas said on Friday. He said he, he used to feel like he was having fun on the court, and he said he's not smiling or having fun. I can't remember exactly what he said. This is a pretty uh, interesting situation to monitor, I think, going forward, because missing the playoffs with Luka, missing the play in, that's a huge, huge black mark, I'd say, on the team. It's a massive two losses um, back to back to the Hornets is a disaster. Kid looks lost. He was criticizing their effort. He said, I've never seen if some of the, like some of these guys that were on the court tonight, just I've never seen less effort in my life. Um, yeah. And Luca, Luca looks pretty pissed. I, the Kyrie Irving trade was always going to be a pretty big swing. I thought, you know, I think they lost almost kind of some glue guys with, with with Dinwiddie and and Finney Smith, those are I feel like almost like some team favorites uh, on the team that kind of kept the team together, kept like glued the boys together, like that sort of thing. And then kind of bringing Kyrie, and it's like you know I'm trading um, leadership and team chemistry for skill, and it could have went both ways. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that I was predicting this. We just knew that it could have gone both ways, um, and it just doesn't seem like it's worked out at all. Um, and that's inexcusable when you have a player of Luca Luca's caliber. Um, I think there's only so much he can do. I think he dropped he, he dropped 40 points today and they still lost. I mean, it, it's going to be an interesting offseason if they don't make the playoffs because I, I feel like Luca's the kind like he might honestly just request a trade. Um, I don't think he's down for for losing for, for this long and doesn't seem like the Mavericks are in a position to even bring in a, a, a all-star. Like, I don't know what kind of outs they have, really. I think they still have a majority of their first-round picks, but they don't have any really good prospects. Um, I don't know how their cap situation is looking like, but um, just a bad, bad two losses. Um, well, I'm thinking about, like, 
this just got me because I don't think they're making the playoffs. This just got me thinking about the Cuban Mavericks as a whole in in the time that I've been watching. And they went to the title in eleven, and I think they've been, you know, sort of in and in and around the playoffs. I think most years, I think that's fair to say. But the way that they've sort of structured this franchise, where it's like everything goes through Luca, and he makes. The, the majority of, you know, whatever we do, we have to make sure Luca's okay with it. I just don't know where that gets you in today's NBA. Like, I think you need a strong front office to make decisions and just keep the superstar out of it. Because I don't know how much of an input he has on this, but this is a guy who, I mean, say what you want about Porzingis, but couldn't get along with him. Porzingis had to go for basically a bag of balls. They have to bring... And, and Porzingis is pretty good on the Wizards. Exactly. Bearded Porzingis is not bad. And they have to bring in Kyrie Irving to try to, you know breathe some life into this season, he, he might be the type, like you say, to just say, I don't want to be here anymore. And even further on that, like this is a guy who I considered as like, uh, you know, one of the guys who was at one point going to be considered the best player in the league. Like th- yeah, those type of guys just don't miss the playoffs. Like I know that yeah, he's yeah. doing a James Harden impression right now from when he was with the Rockets, but you still got to make the playoffs if you're that good. Oh, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care if you have a full Geely roster on your team. Kyrie Irving, no Kyrie Irving. Like, doesn't matter. You still have to make the playoffs regardless. Um, but I, the, the interesting thing is, like, for me, uh, Luca's personality and his type, it's not Dirk-like. Like, Dirk was a Mav for life. Championship, no championship. I think Luca does not care. Like, I don't know if I don't know if Mark Cuban has, like, figured that out or not. But to me, Luca is not the type to just ride it out with the one franchise. I think he'd like winning's important to him. And, uh, and you know, he'd be, he'd be down to cut how high, how I see it. No, I think you guys got it. <laughs> I love Bro, no Luca take yeah. on. Uh, maybe you have one on Dame because Dame uh, is now being held out the rest of the season with Portland. Uh, they, they've sort of fallen out of the, the playoff picture here. What a surprise. I know. I know they're, they're retooling the off season of Jerry and Grant just didn't get it done to get him back to the postseason. Um, <laughs> they're, we like to make fun of the Blazers. They're a funny team, but I am, uh, I know we've sort of talked about this before, but I am very tired of Dave Millard using this. Like, I'm not going to leave Portland excuse. That's and, fine. You don't have to, you don't have to leave Portland, but also like as a fan of him and his game, he should want, to leave Portland and he shouldn't feel like guilt for doing so because in any other sport, like let's say we talked about Otani last episode, Otani's going to leave the angels in the next 18 months because the angels don't, didn't put anything around him. And the blazers have really not put anything around Dame Lillard for the better part of 15 years. And he still feels some weird like loyalty and, and ties, which I understand, but he should just want better for himself. And I know he's locked into a deal there. Like, He's being paid till 2027, like $65 million a year with like a trade kicker. Nobody's going to pick him up, but I don't know why he has some sort of like guilt and, and weird uh, blind loyalty to what they're doing when they've never really done anything to support him. I don't know. Like why can't the Blazers maybe at some point, like I know I get the loyalty. He's been loyal to us. Let's be loyal to him. He's our franchise player, this, that. Like, I don't know why they can't just move on and it would just be so much better for the organization because like this, you're still in this weird middle. Like, like they're not a playoff team. Like they're on the lower end of, of uh, you know, standings wise. 
but they're still not uh they're not like the hornets or the rockets where it's, they're like so 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 bad so it's like I don't know just do him a favor do yourself a favor and just move on I don't I don't know what the end goal here is like is the end goal really a cha- like championship I don't understand well they're not going to they, they don't have anything to put around him to get him they there don't. in the but best the thing case. is they're so confusing because <sighs> 16 months ago, they they traded McCollum. They traded a bunch of guys. They traded Covington. They traded Powell. Okay. I love like, that so that was their contending core. It was Covington, <laughs> Powell, and McCollum. Well, no, not that. Well, it was. And then and then five, and then then five that same free agency, they go out and trade for Jeremy Grant. <laughs> um, That's so raw. And I know they were trying to move the Shade and Sharp pick. Forgot. I think they brought in someone else. I forgot, but uh, yeah, like, and then it's like, what are you bringing him in for? I don't understand. I I still think they should have like, if they really wanted to, they should have moved off the 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 shade and sharp pick. It's like you're bringing in Jeremy Grant, but you're drafting shade and sharp. It's like either trade the shade and sharp pick, get a sick vet. You know, they could have if, if they got OG. I would have been like, okay, that's something that to put around Dame. But if you're not going to fully um, go for it, then just, like, trade your guys and, and keep your pick. Like, I don't know. It's it's such a weird team. Like, we've talked about them to nauseam. So. Yeah. I don't have any sympathy for where they're going. I no. just – I think from his perspective now, it makes literally no sense. Like, we were making fun of his quotes and everything. But just from a what? personal standpoint, he should want better for himself than to be on that wasteland of a team. What's been making no sense, dude? Like, it's been making no sense for, like – three years now yeah it's weird i'm with you and i guess last one uh jalen brown because the celtics are going to make the playoffs but i saw his quote and i thought it was interesting they asked him about staying with the celtics and he said i don't know as long as i'm needed it's not up to me we'll see how they feel about me over time and i feel about them over time i'll stay where i'm wanted i'll stay where i'm needed and treated correctly the celtics have a long history of just discarding people when they're no longer useful to them or when the next, you know, guy that's yeah. available, it comes on the market. I think of Isaiah Thomas getting traded off his hip surgery season after he put them in the East yeah. finals, which at the time you could defend, they got Kyrie Irving for him, but I feel like it would be a good karma to have a franchise guy like Jalen Brown, just leave your franchise in free agency because of fears that, the next time, you know, he had to deal with it in the summer. Like Kevin Durant comes available. Oh, Jalen Brown maybe getting traded to the Nets. Yeah. I kind of hope that he does leave them because years worth of treating people like this is, is certainly worth something. I think to people who go in there, he's he's an unbelievable player. Um, and the Celtics do have that long track record of, of of discarding guys and maybe not treating their guys the best. And those quotes, uh, you know, they're not. Definitely not subtle. Like he's pretty out there, um, and he he has been the guy always. Brown Brown for Kawhi, Brown for Paul George, Brown for Paul George, and I think he kind of views himself as um, somewhat. You know, Tatum Tatum's the better player, but I don't think he sees himself as much lesser of a of a, of a player than Jason Tatum. Which at times Brown Brown is. You know, when you watch Celtics games, sometimes he's miles better. He's the best player on the court. Um, so I think he's kind of sick of, like, just being, like, viewed as much more inferior than Jason Tatum. And then I don't know if how if him and Jason Tatum are boys. 
Um, it doesn't seem like they really are because I know, I think like Jason Tatum, like was like practicing with KD um, this past off season and stuff and was really close to him and was really vouching for the Celtics to trade uh, for KD. So I think that might've rubbed Jalen off the wrong way too, but Hey man, I'd be lining up uh, and giving whatever the Celtics would want um, for for Jalen Brown just because I think he is he's that he's a franchise player. He's, he's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys kind of covered it already, but like I agree. I think they either need to show like more commitment to him or just kind of uh, be prepared for the fact that he might leave. Yeah. When would he be a free agent? I think you know. like I think not this offseason, but the one after. Okay. So he doesn't have much longer left. Like you say, he's a franchise player. He's like on some nights he is better than Jason Tatum. So yeah. the, I, I just the way they've handled that is is very poor. Because I like I just think about if my favorite team got somebody like that, even if they come up in rumors for Kevin Durant, I feel like it's like Jason Tatum's responsibility to say like we're not trading Jalen Brown. Like we just made the finals. Like yeah. it, it's like an organizational failure that they created that culture. And that's, I mean, they have exactly. no championships. It, it, so there's really nothing they can brag about. I exactly. Mean, it is what it is. I also liked LeBron returning today. Um, when he did the chalk toss for coming off the bench, I uh, call me crazy. Call me boomer. I think that's a technical foul. Like I, I don't understand how in the middle of a game you're doing the chalk toss when you enter the game. That just doesn't make any sense. You're just littering on the court. So I think that should have been a tech. Yeah, I agree with Phil, honestly. <laughs> Me too. Would have like been I the get, greatest tech of all time. Like I get preferential treatment, but you're not doing the jock toss when you come in as the eighth man. You're just, you're just not doing it. Can you imagine Joshua Kogi does that? <laughs> like he's getting a two-game suspension yeah. for delay of game. No kidding. He's getting tossed out of the game clean. So I also, his post-game interview... That was a wild interview where he's like, I actually, you know, I need surgery on my foot, but I'm just not getting it because I went to the LeBron James of feet and the LeBron James of feet said, I can play without getting surgery. Like, I don't know why. Well, did you see the quote where he said, um, the doctors haven't seen a faster recovery than mine? That's like a Trump quote. Or maybe, or maybe I got ball sacked. I don't know. <laughs> He he's at a wild zone right now where he's he, he, like when they were like, where, what country is the LeBron James of feet in? He's like, I don't know. I don't know what country he's in. Like, maybe I did fly to Germany. Maybe I didn't. He's just he's on. A, he's really feeling himself right now. And I uh, I don't know how I feel about it. He also got too small by Patrick Beverly, which Patrick Beverly oh, is oh. is probably one of the funniest NBA, probably the funniest NBA player I've ever seen. Nobody quite does the content like he does. So he's he's doing an awesome job. The too small to LeBron. Uh, he even plugged his nose, um, and and I think he was like looking at the Lakers bench, just saying y'all stink. Um, so they actually have another play. They have another uh, game against the Lakers in in Chicago. So that should be a banger. Raw. You love to see it. Um, this movie. Oh brother, where art thou? Let's do it, dude. I I uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Owen, you picked it. You rewatched it. How did it hold up on the rewatch? You look very giddy right now. Well, I'm just happy to hear you liked it. That makes me it makes me happy to hear that uh, somebody that you enjoyed it. I got some good um, hearty laughs out of it. It was good. Yeah. It, so I have a few things to say off 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 the hop. I wanted to say first of all, I think it does have the best soundtrack of any movie maybe I've ever listened to. Like it's like top three for sure. Like I'd have to maybe sit back and, and write out a list, but it's up there. 
love the soundtrack and that still holds up. And then I think just George Clooney was, he put on a masterclass. Like he was just, you know, it was like the perfect role for him because he could kind of, you know, he's good at, I feel like he's really good at the snarky like commentary and really sarcastic and like kind of off the cuff. Uh, and so he was really good and I really liked him in the role. And then the movie itself was just, it's like prime, just like how I remember. It's like prime Coen brothers. Like I thought it was just as creative as the first time I watched it, just as interesting. So it honestly held up like very well. I, uh, I, I really enjoyed it too. Alex, what was your take? I, yeah, I, uh, I liked it too. I thought it was, uh, it was a nice movie. Um, didn't, uh, can't say I had really any issues with it. I can't, can't nitpick it too much honestly um i thought like owen said i i uh i texted in the group chat i thought the soundtrack was awesome i thought the the one um the one scene where um they get kind of serenaded by the uh what would you call it like the women in the in the river i don't know what you'd call them but um that was that was a sick song um all the songs that the soggy bottom bottom boys were singing um were good um and then, I mean, shout out my guy Roger Deakins because he was actually uh, uh, taking the cinematography for this too. Um, so any anytime Roger Deakins is is on set, you know, it's gonna be a freaking banger. Anytime, um, anytime. And uh, yeah, like Owen said, I thought George Clooney was great, but I thought all the other actors were pretty good too. I thought it, it's weird because like sometimes when you have like a big shot star like George Clooney, it can um, I don't know if. I just thought they kept up with them. I thought they were pretty good too. Like I didn't think that the, that their acting was horrible. Horrid also, and and like like Phil said, I thought it was uh, it was pretty funny actually too. Yeah, it had some good laughs in there. I wanted to actually talk about like because George Clooney. I haven't seen a lot of George Clooney movies, but you know there is something about these movie stars, and he's definitely one of those guys who I don't know. And this is kind of why I wanted to talk about it. I don't know what traits they have that draw you to them when they're on the screen. I don't know that it's like a tangible thing that you could say a movie star has to have this or this, but guys like Clooney and Brad Pitt and DiCaprio, and I guess you could say Tom Cruise would also be in that category of guys that when they're on the screen, it's just like magnetic or or electric. Like you can sense that they're on the screen and they put more into the movie because of their presence. Not really that they're doing anything out of the ordinary for the for them or their characters i don't know what kind of like traits those people have that's just kind of why i wanted to talk about it like do you think there's an actual like discernible quality that those people have that separates them from i don't know the average actor i think probably if i were to like crystallize it i would say it's like just charisma like to me to me George Clooney in this movie was like Robert Downey Jr. I thought they were really similar. Like, you know how in like the Avengers movies or whatever, Robert Downey Jr. is like really confident and really cocky and like, like really sarcastic. Like, I think that's kind of a trait that they have where they're just like really charismatic actors. Like, that's just how they are. I mean, he's also an unbelievable looking man. Yeah. Great point. And with the... With the dirt, he looked like kind of rugged. It was like, and with yeah, the he had that rugged look or whatever, in, like the dirt with the tan and oh. then a little bit of like, like salt and pepper hair. It's um, it was yeah, yeah. So I think that definitely plays <laughs> into it. I think I mean anytime, it's just if it's a good looking person, it it'll generally attract you to the to the screen. 
Yeah. Well, I thought it was more like a know it when you see it type of thing. And he's like, he just jumps off the screen. He's that type of, that type of energy. So that I liked. I, I wanted to ask, I think they could have, the only gripe I could have had is I don't know that I needed the flooding at the end. I think I could have gone without that. And it could have just ended when they got freed at the concert for the song. I, I don't know if I'm alone in thinking that. Like maybe they wanted to tie up the end with those guys that were hunting them down. But to me, I felt like it could have finished right there. Well, uh, yeah, I, I think they said that actually you can cut the movie off. Yeah, either at that point, that's the first ending of the movie, or you cut it off at the at the other part where, where the flooding happens. Raw research, Alex. I did. I did do a little bit of research. I like to research after the end of my movies. Um, I think it's important, though, that they added that second part because um, uh, what's the guy? Like the, the blind guy that comes on the little trolley thing whatever the hell you call it like oh, the, yeah. or whatever. the hand car the hand car yeah. well he says whatever like and then at the end he says you'll see a cow on a cotton house yeah so i think it's interesting that 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 the flooding comes they see the cow on the cotton house um and and then it had a bunch it actually like had a bunch of other um meaning to it meant that George Clooney's character actually he was the only one not to get baptized so they're saying that at that point he actually got baptized and then at the same like cuz he's kind of struggling like he's i think he's the only character that's not very like religious and doesn't really believe he's not really taking any like anything as being chance or 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 you know that these things that are happening to them are just kind of meant to be. He's always trying to find like a scientific uh, explanation for everything when sometimes there just isn't an explanation for anything. Um, so when the, when the flood happens, he's like, Oh, well, I told you guys, you know, it was a flood was going to happen this, that. Um, so, and yeah, I, I thought, I thought it was important to add that second piece uh, to the movie. I can't really disagree with you. If you put the meaning behind it like that, I, I respect it. Oh, and did you want to hit a segment or what do you, what do you want to talk about? I wanted to say my favorite song. Okay. It's the hit. It is the hit. I feel like maybe that's a clear one, one, but yeah, the hit, like when I liked, I thought it was kind of funny. Like they they just, how obvious they made the lip syncing. Yeah. Like I thought that was kind of a funny, is it kind of goofy? Uh, And then the song itself. I mean, I, uh, I was saying this before it's, it's like in my playlist. Like I listen to that all the time. Like I just enjoy the track. So it was kind of cool to watch it again because, like, I was like I was watching it live. Rock concert only. But boys just they killed it. Yeah. The uh the though maybe the only if I had to nitpick one thing the the accents were pretty heavy at times. I <laughs> I I was like damn I I don't know if I got every word of that but uh that maybe that's the only thing. It was yeah. it was made tougher because the site that we were using to watch, I don't know if you guys ran into this problem, the uh the, the closed captioning was not lined up with what I was seeing. Oh. It was about t- 10 oh, seconds. It wasn't ahead. even an option for me. Yeah, so I just had I didn't it off. Even get it working. And if I missed something that was said, I was like, "All right, like I just have to admit defeat yeah. on some of this cuz I can't <laughs> I can't really go without it." But I I wanted to ask what was the best person they ran into because I liked everybody that they ran into pretty much equally and i thought that that was like the best quality of the movie that there was always like a new wanderer and i i might my one one if you had made me pick one one it's really close between big big dan and george nelson but i i think i have to go with george nelson one one i think that guy was pretty electrifying when he was on the screen to say the least yeah he's an easy one one 
I kind of this might be a, a sleeper pick, but I like the racist. Uh, <laughs> I like the racist, uh, like the radio show host. Yeah, he the was, blind guy. He was good too. Was, I liked him a lot. I thought, <laughs> like the first scene um, when they go to the shack, and then he's just in there, and he's just like, you know, kind of funny to me. I thought I thought Big Dan was good. Big Dan just, uh, finessing the hell out of them. <laughs> um, and then just like taking them to the like secluded wood like area and beating the crap out of them, and then that was so sad when he just squished the toad and threw it. I was like, man. <laughs> them also being so convinced that Pete was the toad was awesome. Well, I think George uh, George Clooney's character wasn't, but uh, the other guy was very convinced that that was um, that that Pete was the toad. So that was, yeah. was that was pretty funny. I also like the the politician was also very funny. I don't know why every time he was on, I was I was getting some belly laughs. Just how giant he was, composed with this dialogue, and then when he got up on the stage and started hitting the moves at the end, I was loving that guy. That guy was Electric City. Yeah. <laughs> well, where so where does this movie slot into the the pod ranking so far for you guys on your personal list? I'd love to know. I'm gonna put it above sound of metal at two but below the jim carrey movie at one that's where i'm gonna put it wow that's good to hear that's gratifying yeah i don't know i'd go <laughs> probably sound of metal puss in boots uh <laughs> what a one too i love new order every week alex <laughs> yeah i don't i because i don't remember what i had before but uh i'll go i did like bullet train at three so i'll put this one above eternal sunshine but it's like okay. it's right there and then eternal sunshine's way at the bottom it's like a really low, low, low five and so it was not... my easy one that's raw uh i would slot it at two but i'm also again i'm biased i love this movie so but i did really like eternal sunshine so this one's gonna slot in at, at like a close to i like it i like it yeah. and i want a ruling for our next movie um because i have it's my turn in the order but the movie I, I'm proposing we see is in the theater, so I need a commitment from everybody wow. to go to the wow. theater, and it's John Wick Four. I think. Oh. I think we need yes. to see this movie. I think it's like literally a must. So I'll like Alex. I'll go with you sometime this week. Um, the heat thing is. Oh, I'm in San Francisco. This you're in week. San Francisco this week. <laughs> heat. So I'll go with uh, Adam. I guess. Yeah, because I don't know. I yeah, I probably won't make it for Sunday's pod. So, worst case, you can you can use the site, and worst I case, I checked. It's I'll there. use the site, and I'll see if I can uh, tune in and, and give some give some feedback on the movie. Raw. Okay, so we're we're clear on John Wick four. Good, because I heard. I mean, I yeah, don't. I heard unbelievable things. I I don't want to well, say you, a number, but I saw ninety seven percent. That's what I saw. Have you seen the first three? Or some of the first three? I I seen one and two, and I skipped three, but I'm very sure we do not need to see any of them in advance. I think this is very much a drop in and go. Yeah, Yeah, I I would agree. Good. All right. So it's set. John Wick 4 on Monday the 1st? 3rd? I don't know what day it is. Whatever it ends up being. Next Monday. It's the 1st. Raw. You love to see it. Very uh, Very much a spring type of weekend. Oh. Oh, big time. Absolutely. I was loving the loving the weather. Oh, it, it, there is something so good about the 8 o'clock still light out. 
that's like the threshold for me, eight o'clock. And then subsequently when it gets to nine o'clock is like the true sign of summer. Mm. But, you know, by the time we were on the next episode, the Blue Jays will have played game one. Let me say that right now to get you excited because it is feeling like baseball season to me. And then what follows from baseball season, playoff season, NFL draft season, summer season. I just, it, we made it out the, out the basement of the winter. I'll say that. I, yeah. We're here. February, like January, February, sometimes tough to get through. Tail end of March, you're like, okay, we're here. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. the first half of March is tough, but yeah, I know we're here. We're here. We're making it safely. Easter's coming up. It's very happy succession day to all those who celebrate. Raw. I love it. Alex is getting very cute up for seven o'clock. I'm I have a big event tonight, uh fantasy baseball draft at nine. My keeper league. I'm back. Now the only issue is I actually you guys know I won the championship last year. Me and and Dave yeah. who joined us earlier. The only problem is I I kind of I kind of did like a LA Rams and sold the farm. So I will not be picking until round five of the draft, but uh, traded my first four picks, but it's all good. I'll still win. I, I, I got a good feeling. I just, I did a bit of a less need last year, but it is what it is. But that's another sign that uh, we were just getting so close to summer. I don't know. Owen, you got any baseball thing you want to get off your chest before uh, opening day? Uh, not really. I mean, the, I'm excited to watch the Jays. Very excited to 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 have that back. I think this might be the year Alex starts tracking on the on the uh, on the Jays. I don't know if I'm getting ambitious, but I think it could be. Yeah, well, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I always tell myself I am, and then I kind of just flame out. But we'll see. I'm, Nate- I'm always the thing is, I'm always excited for the start of baseball. Like drags into the season, that's always to be determined. But I'm always pumped for opening day. This is the thing we always talk about where it's like this year I'm going to watch the National League. Like I'm going to do yeah. a little bit of everything and then it just never ends up happening. But you talk yourself into it for that one week. You are going to A's opening day though, right? Uh, not opening wow. day, the day the day after. And tell them what you're getting uh, so at the game. Oh, it's it's a Shintaro Fujinami t-shirt. Uh, well, package. <laughs> so I was like, I was trying to cop some tickets. I was texting Phil. I was like what seat should i get this that and then i saw for like 40 bucks a pop you can sit you know third baseline and you get a shintaro fujinami shirt and i'm a sucker for you know some kind of a shirt free hat any kind of package deal um so you know just get a little goodie at the game yeah Um, (laughs) free swag so i just had to cop i just had to cop so i'm pretty excited um to get my get my t-shirt and it's sick because it's his it's his last name, but it's spelled in Japanese. Oh, I've got one of those Otani version. It's Raw. it's we're gonna Raw. be matching, dude. The big two. I'll get and to go Yeah, see Otani and Trout, which I'm hyped about. So who is this guy? They just well, brought him over. He's, yeah, he's apparently pretty good, actually. Um they brought him over from Japan. He's like a 28-year-old. People were like dying to see him and Otani opening day, but the A's named some other starter. Some Walker guy. I don't know if you guys know. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, uh, opening, well, not opening day, but opening week not at the Oko. Opening week, opening at, week the at the Oko is going to be. I'll get fire. to see the yeah. I'll get to see the opening day, opening week, uh, little like uh, on the grass, whatever you call those things. Yeah, the paint. The little paint. Yeah. So <laughs> that's going to be hype. I love yeah. opening week, Alex. Um, yeah. I didn't. I didn't have enough. For the record, I, like the opening day game was this, like a 7 p.m. start. 
you know, didn't really have the balls to get on the BART uh, <laughs> at like 9.30 in Oakland p.m. So I decided to opt for the Saturday afternoon game instead. So Raw, safety Alex is in full form. You'll have no trouble getting on and off the stop. I assure you, it's Beautiful. impossible to miss. As and we'll, Then that will complete a 75 percentile of the podcast going to the Oco, yes. which yeah. it's like a lifelong thing that everybody wants to do. Go see the Coliseum and... Uh, <laughs> It's right up there with the Roman Coliseum, I think, probably. So, yeah, yeah that'll be good. Well, I, you're going to enjoy your trip to San Francisco, I'm sure. You'll check out the Warriors. You won't be with us on the next one. Yeah, We were yeah. obviously down in Adam today. He had a big, uh, what did he call it, assignment? Is it appointment or assignment? A, big uh, assignment. Okay. He had a big assignment. Gold medal game, futsal. So I hope that went well. It's probably over by now. Yeah, it is over. Raw. Good job, Adam. I, I hope he's. I hope he hears that part. Good job. But yeah, 10. 10. 10, absolutely. You love to see it, dude. That's big. And we'll be back Friday doing something or another. Maybe we'll bring on a guest to fill Alex's chair. And uh, yeah, we'll be back. So have a good start to your week, everybody. Talk to you then.